Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 266 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more about you and your ways. Help us learn more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's read about the resurrection in John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene was the first to the tomb and saw he wasn't there. In this rendition of the resurrection, she was not accompanied by anyone and there was no angel to tell her he had risen, at least during this first encounter at the tomb. She went immediately to Peter and John and told them he was gone. They ran to the tomb and Peter went inside. Of course, Jesus was gone. He saw the burial napkin rolled up and set in a place by itself. This is representative of a Jewish custom that meant he was coming back. When an owner of an estate ate his dinner, he would signify whether he was done with his meal or if he was coming back to eat more food by the way he laid his napkin at the table. If it was folded up, he was coming back. So Peter saw the special sign Jesus left for him. We can praise him today for his willingness and commitment to be sacrificed for us. When everyone left the tomb, Mary stayed, and we read she sobbed by the tomb. Here is where the angels appear to her. One was standing by where Jesus' head would have been, and one was standing at his feet. They asked her why she was sobbing. Immediately, Jesus appeared. Initially, she didn't recognize him, but when he said her name, she did. Jesus is with us today, just as he was with Mary at the tomb. We may not see him or recognize him close to us, but he is here. Let us pause for a moment and listen for him calling to us and worship him. The first thing Jesus said to his disciples when he saw them was, Peace to you. Then he said it to them again. We read he came to them eight days later and his first words were, Peace to you. Jesus came to offer us peace. Let us fully receive the peace he meant for us to have. Well, let's see what Paul writes to the Thessalonians in chapter 2. Paul writes to them about how he suffered and was mistreated in Philippi. He goes on to tell them he doesn't serve men, but he serves God. I love verse 7 where he writes, But we behaved gently when we were among you, like a devoted mother nursing and cherishing her own children. Later, he writes about how he also encouraged them as a father would do. Paul took great care of the people, gentle care. This is the kind of love God asks us to have for one another. May we follow his example and care for those around us. May God's gentle nature be imparted to us so that we are able to draw others to God's feet. Once in his presence, he will change them. We need not take on the role of changing people because that is God's work. In verse 13, Paul writes, And we also especially thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of God, which is effectually at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to, trust in, and rely on it. As you already know, I love seeing the word superhuman in the Bible. Paul writes about the word of God exercising its superhuman power in us. God is always at work in us to bring us up higher, and reading his word furthers the mission. As we read the Old Testament, we see how hard God worked to have relationship with the Israelites. The Lord wanted everyone to be his. He gave specific instructions to Moses all the way from Exodus through Deuteronomy about how to live according to his commandments, statutes, and ordinances so they could remain set apart for him. The Lord still desires relationship with us and sent his son to make it possible. 
I do believe the word exercises superhuman power in all of us as we seek him in his word, for he is always seeking us. Well, let's see what Isaiah is prophesying in chapter 41. Isaiah speaks to all the other nations, the distant lands. He tells them they need to be quiet and enter God's courtroom, just as we are required to be quiet in courtrooms now. He tells them to find strength because they will need it in order to defend themselves against God. They have to defend their idols and gods and show how they are strong and mighty. We all know this is impossible, but God calls them to this duel. And he says, I, the Lord, the first existing before history began and with the last and ever present unchanging God, I am he. Yes, God is the great I am, the beginning and the end, and there is no one greater than he. The Lord speaks of Israel who was chosen by him. There was nothing they did to deserve his love and attention. He simply chose them. In verse 13, God said, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, Fear not, I will help you. Let us receive God's help today and stay out of fear. God promises to fight their enemies and they would rejoice in him. And then he invited the idol worshipers to come to their trial. And he invites the idols to defend themselves, but of course they cannot. In chapter 42, God talks about Jesus. He sends Jesus as a servant. We see references to the Gospel of Matthew in verses 1 and 3. I encourage you to go to these passages and read them, for we see another place where God connects the Old and New Testament here. Verse 8 is underlined in my Bible and says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to graven images. All our worship is due to God. There's a lot of talk about idols in Isaiah and the other prophets we will read here in the Old Testament. Again, we see their idols, but we don't often see our own. May we pray for God to show us the things we worship besides him, and then pray for the strength to stop worshiping anything except for him. God saw the plight of his people whose hearts were not for him, and they suffered. He allowed this suffering to bring them to a place of repentance. And when he did this, many did not turn back to him. Verse 20 says, his ears are open, but he hears not. We will read more tomorrow in chapters 43 and 44. Let's see what we can learn in Psalm 85. The sons of Korah write about the time when God released his people from Babylonian captivity. We know God allowed this to happen to bring them back to worship him. Verse 2 says he has forgiven them for their sins, and now they pray for restoration. It would not be easy as we know, but God is a God of restoration. Verse 9 tells us that salvation is near to those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. Let us reverently and worshipfully fear our God. Verse 10 says, mercy and loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. This passage blesses me every time I read it. May God grant us truth, righteousness, and peace. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for sending your son to be the final sacrifice to restore us to you. Lord, thank you for choosing us to know you, worship you, and for putting the desire in our hearts to learn more about you. Thank you for your word that teaches us and for your Holy Spirit that leads and guides us. Keep us yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.